today we will read a piece from the book Let Me Tell You a Story by George Bouquet. Once upon a time there was a centaur that, like all centaurs, was half man and half horse. One afternoon, as he was ambling through the prayer, he got hungry. What should I have to eat? He wondered. A hamburger or a bale of alfalfa? A bale of alfalfa or a hamburger? And because he could not make up his mind, he went hungry. When night fell, the centaur wanted to go to sleep. Where should I sleep? He wondered. In the stable or in a hotel? In a hotel or in the stable? And because he couldn't make up his mind, he didn't go to sleep. Not having eaten and not having slept, the centaur got sick. Sh whom should I call? He wondered. A doctor or veterinarian? A veterinarian or a doctor? Sick and unable to decide whom to call, a centaur died. The townsfolk came upon his body and were overcome with sorrow. We must bury him, they said. But where? In the town cemetery or in the countryside? In the countryside or in the town cemetery? And because he couldn't make up their minds, they called the author of the book, who, since she could not decide for them, resuscitated the center instead, and snip, snap, snap, the tale is over and out. And the moral of the story is, you have to make up your mind to move forward. No? A story of 99 coins. Once upon a time, there was a very sad king who had a servant who, like every sad king's servant, was very happy. Every morning he woke uh, the king and brought him his breakfast, singing and humming joyful minstrels. He wore a great smile on his untroubled face and his outlook on his life was always relaxed and cheery. One day the king called him. Paj, he said, what is the secret? What secret, your majesty? What is the secret to your happiness? There is no secret, your majesty. Don't lie to me, Paj. I've chopped off heads for lesser offenses than a lie. It is not a lie, your majesty. I am keeping no secret. So why are you always happy and joyful? Hmm? Why? Sir, I have no reason to be sad. His majesty honors me by allowing me to serve him. I have a wife and children, and they live in a home the court has provided. We are clothed and fed, and what's more, his majesty rewards me from time to time with a few coins so that we might afford a treat. How could I not be happy? If you don't tell me the secret right this minute, I'll have you de decapitated, said the king. No one could be happy for the reasons you have given me. But your majesty, there is no secret. I'd like nothing more than to please you, but I assure you that there is nothing I am hiding. Go, 
Go before I call the executioner. The servant smiled, bowed, and left the room. The king was absolutely enraged. He could not understand how the Paj was so happy when he lived on others' money, wore used clothes, and ate the courtier's leftovers. What he had calmed down, when he had calmed down, he called the, wiser, uh, the wisest of his advisors and recounted to him the conversation he had that morning. How can that be? How can that man be so happy? Oh, your majesty, he's outside the circle. That's all it is. Outside the circle? That's right. And that makes me happy. No, sir, that's what doesn't make him unhappy. Let me see if I understand this. Being inside the circle makes you unhappy. That's correct. And he isn't inside. That's correct. And how did he get outside? He was never inside. What circle is this? The circle of 99. I'm truly not understanding a thing. The only way you could understand would be to let the, to, uh, to let to demonstrate it to you. How? By allowing your page to enter the circle. Yes, let's force him to enter. No, your majesty, no one can force anyone to enter the circle. Uh, then we will have to trick him. There will be no need, your majesty. If we give him the opportunity, he'll walk right into his own two feet. But won't he realize that that means he'll turn into an unhappy person? Yes, he will. That in that case he won't enter. He won't be able to help it. Let's continue with circle 99. So there was a conversation between the king and the wisest man about that circle. You're saying that he'll realize that entering his ridiculous circle will bring him unhappiness and yet he'll still do it and he won't be able to get out again? That's correct, your majesty. Are you willing to lose an excellent servant in order to be able to understand the way this circle works? Yes! Very well, I shall come for you tonight. You must bring a leather pouch with 99 gold coins. Not one more, not one less. What else? Should I bring my guards just in case? No, just leather pouch. Until then, your majesty. Until then. And so it was. That night, the wise man came for the king. Together, they secretly made their way out to the palace grounds where they hid beside the Paja's house. They, there they waited until dawn. Inside the house, the first candle was lit. The wise man tied a message to a leather pouch and message said, This treasure is yours. It is the reward for being a good man. Enjoy it. And do not tell a soul where you got it. Then he tied the pouch to the servant's front door, knocked and hurried to hide himself once more. When the page came out, the wise man and the king were watching what happened from behind some nearby bushes. The servant saw the pouch, read the message, shook the sack. On hearing the metallic sound coming from within, he trembled. 
pressed the treasure to his chest, glanced around to ensure that no one was watching him, and went back inside his house. From outside they could hear the servant bolt his door, and the two spies crept up to the window to watch the scene unfold. The servant had flung everything that had been on the table to the floor, with the exception of the candle. He sat down and emptied the sack's content onto it. His eyes could clearly not believe what they were seeing. A whole mountain of gold coins! He, who had never touched a single one, now had a whole mountain of them in his possession. The Pash touched them and piled them up. He caressed them and made the candle's light shine down on them. He clustered them together and then spread them out, separating them into little piles. And after playing and playing with the coins, he began to make little stacks of ten coins each. One stack of ten, of ten, two stacks of ten, three stacks, four, five, six. All the while he added them up. Ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty. Until he'd made the last stack and it had nine coins. First he cast his eyes around the table, searching for one more coin, then he looked on the floor, and finally inside the sack. This can't be, he thought. He placed the last stack beside the others and saw that it was shorter. I've been robbed, he cried. I've been robbed, bastards! He looked once more on the table, on the floor, in the sack, in the folds of his clothes, his pockets, under the furniture but he couldn't find what he was looking for. On a table, as if mocking him, stood the shorter little pile of glimmering coins to remind him that there were 99 coins of gold. Just 99! 99 coins, that's a lot of money, he thought. But a missing one. 99 isn't a whole number, he went on. 100 is a whole number, 99 is not. The king and his advisor were watching through the window. The page's face had changed. His brow was furrowed and his features were tight. His eyes had gone small and hard and his mouth was twisted into a horrible sneer with his teeth showing through. The servant put all of the coins back in the pouch and looking every which way so as to be sure no one in the house could see him, he hid the sack in with the firewood. Then he took out the pen and paper and sat down to make his calculations. How long would he have to save in order to buy his hundredth coin? The servant was talking to himself. He was willing to work hard until, the, until he could afford it. Then perhaps he'd never have to work again. With 100 gold coins, a man could stop working. With 100 gold coins, a man is rich. With 100 gold coins, a man can live in peace. He finished his calculations. If he worked hard and saved his salary and any extra money he could earn, he'd have enough to buy another gold coin in 11 or 12 years. 12 years is long time, he thought. Perhaps he could ask his wife to look for work in town for a while 
and what's more he himself finished at that palace at five o'clock so he could work at night and get paid extra he calculated anew with his second job in town as well as his wife's he might have enough money in seven years that was too long maybe he could take any extra food he had left over into town and sell it for a few coins in fact if they at less they could sell more sell sell what else could he sell it was getting hot what did they need their winter clothes for and why bother with more than one pair of shoes it would be a sacrifice but with four years of sacrifice he could get another it together enough money for coin number 100 the king and the wise man returned to the palace the posh had entered the circle of 99. In the months that followed, the servant carried out his plans just as he devised them that night. One morning, the page walked into the royal bedroom, banging on the door, grumbling and bad-tempered. What is the matter? asked the king good-naturedly. Nothing's the matter, nothing's the matter. Before not so long, you used to laugh and sing all the time. I do my job, don't I? What else does your majesty want? For me to be your clown and your minstrel, too? Not too long after that, the king fired his servant. It was simply unpleasant to have a page that was always in a foul mood. And today, as we're talking, I remembered that story of the king and his servant. You and I and the rest of our society have been brought up with this idiotic mentality. We always need something more to be satisfied. And only if we are satisfied we can enjoy what it is that we do have.